0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Asking for a Friend podcast. Uh, my name is William Colley. I'm an executive pastor here at Downtown Community Church, and I am joined by your lead pastor, Benjamin Kempfer. What's you-
1: going on, my friends? We are excited to be back. Man, I had a blast listening, or well, and I had a blast recording this last week, but also, <laughs> truthfully, I listened to it two different times, and <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this on uh, a podcast, but I actually found myself laughing at some of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you nerd. Like You've, you said that. Yeah, Blink, so, you're that, such a dork you were there. Anyway,
0: Well, I'm glad you're enjoying listening to yourself, (laughs) but, uh, Hey, if you guys uh, are enjoying the podcast, we would, we really appreciate you guys sharing. A lot of you guys shared it on social media last week and just helping get the word out. And we really appreciate that. Um, and hopefully this is beneficial for you guys. Um, I know we've enjoyed it and we're, we're looking forward to today. Um, but also if, if you don't mind just leaving a review on iTunes, uh, that really also helps get the word out as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thank you for sharing and liking and all that social stuff.
0: Yeah, awesome. So uh, just to recap, as we are going through this series on Sundays, In My Feelings, we're um, taking some of y'all's questions. Um to, for us to answer during the week, uh, so every Wednesday during this uh, series, we're going to be releasing this podcast. Asking for a friend, um, you can ask questions um, on our Instagram at uh, DCC Tally, um, and you can answer the question when we post it on Sunday, or you can just shoot us a DM, um, or you can email us questions at DCC Tally. If someone
1: DMs us, does that does that count as sliding into someone DMs <laughs> if they do it to a church? Uh, I'm way too old, to no, if that's <laughs> valid, valid. Yeah. Uh, DM us and let us know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let us know, please. Um, all right. So I don't want to waste y'all's time. So we're going to jump right into this. Um, we had some great questions this week, um, and I'm looking forward to, to getting into them. So question number one, what should I be focused on in a season of singleness
1: season of singleness? So this, uh, we actually covered some of this on Sunday. Um, but I kind of have a theory that what you should focus on in your season of singleness is the same thing you should focus on in your season of marriedness or datingness or engagedness. Um, And the reason I say that is because um, the focus of our lives, right, is Jesus. Uh, He is everything and he is what we want to uh, be. He is who inspires us. He is who empowers us. And so, um, oftentimes, what I find is that you know, when single, it's like, hey, you know, should I be how, how much should I be focused on my singleness, on marriage, on you know, what's kind of unique in the particularities of this? Um, and I guess how I would answer that question is uh, really at the end of the day, <clears throat> the pursuit is the same, and this is what we talked mm-hmm. about on Sunday. That my goal is not happiness; my goal is holiness. Yeah. Uh, whether I am single. I am becoming more like Jesus, whether i 'm engaged or dating i 'm becoming more like Jesus, whether i've just gotten married or I 've been married for a long time. Hopefully there is a progressive desire and pursuit to become more like Jesus and the yeah. reason that's important is because if we think about both uh, what the Bible says and our experience, it's that the more I pursue Jesus, the more deep sense of contentment I am I have wholeness I have, mm. and truthfully, in a lot of ways right just I'm happier, I'm better, I'm nicer. There's a deep-seated joy that goes beyond circumstances and situations. Yeah. And so I'd say, you know, the 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 biggest thing really is that whether you are single or not single is pursuing one who God's called you called you to be and then alongside of that what he's called you to do.
0: Yeah. No, the, yeah, I think that's great. Um and you know, I think when i when i hear that question i think one of the or one of the things that pops in my head is it's just being present where you're at you mm-hmm. know i think yep. it's so easy for us as a culture to just be looking to the next thing. I'm single, you know, I cannot wait till I'm married. You know, you're married. I can't wait to have kids. You have kids and, you know, I can't wait till, you know, they're in school and or I can't wait till they're out out of the house you know, or whatever the case is. Yeah. But like being present where you are and realizing like you have an opportunity, um, to be used by Christ in this season that you're in. Um, so, you know, no matter whether you're single, married, um, or not, you know, like it, that's important.
1: Yeah, you know, and in a different way that Paul says that in Ephesians 5, he says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, Mm. you know, in other words, there is an unwise way to live, Uh, and then he defines part of what wise living is, and he says, making the most of every opportunity, you know, you have opportunities, you do have unique opportunities at each stage and place in life and really investing there. You know, when you're, uh, single, uh, you probably have, (laughs) if you're single and working, you probably have more money and you probably have more time (laughs) and more freedom, right? You can just decide I'm going to, uh, I'm going to Atlanta or I'm going to like a music festival. I don't know when those became cool, but like I'm just going to go and be a hippie for three days and then come back and work at the state, you know, yeah. but like you, you just have those senses of availability. And so you, man, you got time to invest in people. You've got time to invest in ministry and you've got time to invest in the kingdom. You've got money to save good grief. You know, you've got money to give. Um, and so I would say just looking for those. And, and the biggest thing I would say is one of the, the faults I think people run into is they think, am I wrong? And this wasn't in the question, but am I wrong for wanting to be married? Mm -hmm. You know, is is that desire for Mm -hmm. marriage wrong? Um, Which I would say absolutely not. I think that's a God-given desire. Yeah. I think in singleness where it gets um, tricky or more so than tricky, I think where it goes wrong is when... The natural desire for marriage turns into an idolization of marriage. Mm. And so in singling this way, in terms of focus, that's the thing I'd say, man, continue to pursue Jesus, continue to pursue who he's called you to be, what he's called you to do. Yeah. Um, leverage the opportunity that you have in front of you, the time that you have in front of, in front of you, you know, whatever it is that, that you have, leverage that. Um, and it's okay to desire marriage, but don't think that, um, marriage is going to ultimately fulfill you uh, yeah. because it's not only Jesus can do that. And you're going to be facing our uh, chasing some, some false stuff there if you do, um, because no one can take that place of God. So just as long as marriage doesn't become an idol, yeah. um, more important than God, then I think, you know, just do what God's called you to do.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, and and if you haven't listened to the sermon this past Sunday, I think you you would get a lot out of it to go back and listen to that podcast as well. Um, So going on to the next question, um, how do you decipher between flaws and red flags? Now, this question to me, this is pretty—I think it can be pretty complicated. You know, it's like everybody has flaws, you know, Um, and so you're not going to find Mr. Perfect or Miss Perfect, you know. Um, Except for Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Classic. But— you know, uh, Jesus is my boyfriend hashtag, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, Hey, how do you decipher between flaws and red flags? You know, how, how do you know that? Like, Hey, this flaw is such a big deal Mm -hmm. that like we need to not pursue marriage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's interesting about this question is I think for most of us, we know what the big red flags are, but just to kind of name a few, um, big red flags would be, uh, Abuse, you know, Mm. someone physically puts their hands on you. You know, I mean, that's that—that is a big red flag. Get out and get out now. And I say that in all seriousness. Um, And then it kind of progresses. uh, You know, maybe a red flag, but you're really not really sure what to do with. Is that all the people who really care about you don't like this person? Mm. Um, uh, Perhaps a red flag is. You might not interpret it this way, but it, it definitely is is that without you, this person doesn't seem to be stable, Hmm. you know? Um, And what's interesting is there becomes this gray area where it's like, okay, how much of this is this person? How much of this is a red flag and how much of it is a flaw? Um, And to make that a little bit more complex, red flags are a bit subjective insofar as what might be a red flag for you might not be a red flag for me depending on how I'm wired and what I'm called, who I'm called to be and what I'm called to do. Yeah. Um, What
0: do you mean by that? Explain that a little bit. Yeah.
1: So here's an example. Um, For Lindsay and I, when we were dating, Mm -hmm. what I knew was that because God had called me into ministry, um, I needed someone who had a high level of independence. Uh, Because God had—and I knew there was going to be time, right— for my wife and for my family, that I wasn't going to be there because yeah. ministry does take time. Um, I also knew that for me, the the call of ministry is a, is an emotional calling. You know that you're dealing with a lot of people, you're dealing with a lot of junk, you're dealing mm. with a lot of issues, things like that. And, and right, yeah. and there's there's a privilege that we feel that we are allowed to, you know, speak into that and be a part of the the mess of people's lives. But at the same time, I knew because of that, I needed. Uh, my wife to have a high level of emotional stability yeah i needed to be able to deal with mess outside of home but come to a safe haven when i got home um and so where for someone else if perhaps they were you know th- there was a little bit of more of a, a, emotional volatility i would say and i don't want to say you know if you're emotional it's bad or anything i mean don't please don't hear me saying that um but I knew just for what I needed, I needed someone who had a high, high level of independence and emotional stability. And Lindsay really embodies both of those things for me. So those were things that I was looking for. That I had, you know, talked with some other folks or some other girls before, and maybe you know, contemplated dating or you know, pursuing. But at the end of the day, I just knew like this wasn't going to work because this is really what I need. So those were. Thanks. For me. You dated before Lindsay? Uh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy, right? Uh, anyways. <laughs> Thanks, William. Um, <laughs> but that to say is uh, so. So let me actually answer the question now. So how yeah, do you? Ha, yeah. So how do you tell? So that's what I mean. There's a little bit of subjectivity to it. It might be a red flag for you, it might not be for me. Which I think is a really important distinction. Um, so number one is what do your closest advisors say? Hmm. And I use the word advisors intentionally. I don't say, what do your closest friends say? Because we all have close friends who tell us exactly what we want to hear. Janet. (laughs) Karen. Freaking Karen. (laughs) But at the same time, we all have a few trusted advisors that we know, know us, want what's best for us, and are going to give us really honest, unfiltered feedback. Yeah. And so I'd say, what do your closest advisors say? And take that really strongly. And if they don't know what's going on, tell them. You you need to have transparency, like your life matters, your marriage matters, who you pick matters. And it matters enough to tell somebody, hey, I'm not sure if this is a flaw or a red flag. Can you help me sift through this? Yeah. Um, The other one, and this was, I think, a little bit of an interesting one. Uh, This is, for me, a question that I would have to ask myself. And in fact, as Lindsay and I were dating, right, inevitably you find things that are imperfect about the other person. Mostly Lindsay would find things that were imperfect about me. And uh, I think this is a really clarifying question. And so the second one would be this. Can you live with this if it never gets better? Mm. Or can you live with this forever until one of us dies if this never gets speaking,
0: better? Speaking specifically of flaws. Yeah. Like if they yeah. have a flaw. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So, uh, you know, one of the things that's with me, I am habitually tardy. That's a nice way to say right. late. I know. Crazy, right? <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm constantly late, mismanaged time. At this point in my life, I'm just trying to pack tons of stuff into a small schedule and – I am, you know, so I'm, I'm pretty constantly late, and so one of the things that we had to, you know, really wade through was, you know, is, is that a red flag or is that a flaw? And so the question had to be basically, I want to get better at this, I want to progress in this, I want to do all that, but if I never get better at this, can you deal with this for the next 30 years, the 40 mm. years? Because at a principal level, you never want to marry who you hope someone becomes. You want to know that who they are if they never change is you're, you're, you're okay. going to be happy with that. Yeah, yeah, you're going to yeah. be content in that. And, and even beyond that, I'd say, can you live with it if it gets worse? Hmm. Because the, the the confines of marriage is marriage brings frequency, right? I'm just around you more. Frequency breeds familiarity. Familiarity uh, lets down filters. And so what I see as a problem in you, what I actually see when we get married is a less filtered version of that problem with a lot more frequency, mm. and so you got to be able to look at this flaw and say, "Hey, I'm not going to marry who this person is going to be. Who this person is, and if I see a less filtered, more frequent version of this, do I still think we have what it takes to make it for the next 35 years, yeah, 40 years, 50 years, 80 years, whatever it is? In yeah,
0: age. yeah, definitely. I think you know, my parents always told me, you know, that marriage just magnifies the problem, you yep. know, so mm-hmm. the problems there, and it's just only going to it's only going to seem worse, you know, because you're closer with it, you're closer with the person person. You're living together. You're, you know, you're doing every bit of life together that you possibly can, you know, you're working as a team. So those problems just become magnified. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think that's, that's, that's great advice. Um, and I think, uh, just the the whole principle of like, you know, I'm marrying the person you are, not who I think you could be, you know, how many people do we know? I mean, you know, we're both in our mid-30s and, you know, have numerous friends and, and people that have gotten divorced, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of it stems from, well, I see the red flag, but I can fix that. Right. You know, I can, I can, uh, you know, I'll kind of be the superhero that is going to come in and kind of save the day. Right.
1: And they're different and I'm different. And I think that there's, yep. you know, some sense. Of it's like, let me, let me just tell you, you are not unique. Your situation <laughs> is not unique. And and here's here's the truth about how the trajectory of marriage goes. This is... This is statistically proven. The first year or two of marriage, it's great. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But what happens is most marriages end between years five and seven because at some point in there, you realize this person ain't changing. Yeah. And— I'm going to have to live the rest of my life with this. Yeah. And you feel confined. You feel unhappy. You feel like I just ruined my life. I mean, I know people who have said that. I feel like I ruined my life yeah. by choosing this person. And so what you don't want to do is say, if this person changes, then I'll be happy. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't want you to wake up, you know, to look at somebody in the, in the face every single day. You wake up next to them, and it's like, gosh, this is awful and confining. Mean, is there a worse idea? So, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, that's what we're trying to say. Um, Awesome. Well, I want want to move on because I want to make sure we get to uh, another question here before we run out of time. But um, next question, what is the kind of effort a woman should be putting into a pursuit? So pursuing a a guy in a relationship, does she slash can she pursue?
1: Okay, so hot take on this one, um, and this is not going to be popular with my Baptist friends, okay? <laughs> I say, yes, ladies, it's 2018, shoot your shot. <laughs> um, why is that? Why do you say yeah. that? So I'm going to tell you why, and then I'm going to tell you the reason why people would object to it and okay. why I still think it makes sense. Um, so the reason why I said that is because, for me, I'm very conscious of not— of not putting up false parameters that the Bible doesn't speak clearly to. Okay, so if the Bible didn't say it, I'm not going to say you have to do it. Correct. I'm going to say, hey, maybe this makes sense. Maybe this is a good advice, but you don't have to do it. Yeah. The Bible doesn't talk actually a lot about marriage. It takes talks way less about dating and almost none about pursuing. And so you would never find a verse that says the Bible says that you shouldn't do this. Uh, and plus, if you think about it, in real life, sometimes guys are just unaware, right? There's mm-hmm. this guy in... in and he's like this girl for forever, and she kind of likes him, but he's just so unaware. And everybody looks at him and says, You you goof, like, man, of <laughs> course she likes you. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's just letting them know that you're, Hey, I'm interested too, I'm available too. Um, maybe it's a guy that that's asked a girl out before and she said no, you know, she shot him down, shot him yeah. down, and then she wakes up and realizes, Hey, this guy's pretty good, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, or all the good guys are gone. He's just the best <laughs> one left. Um, but whatever it is, you know, hey, now now I'm interested. You know, you might just need a little nudge. Um, and so I don't think that you can anywhere in the Bible declaratively say that. Now, the reason why people, I think, are opposed to this, and, and mm-hmm. this is the important part, is because— and we're actually going to talk a good amount about this on Sunday— the role of the husband is to be Christ to his family. Now, Christ insofar as total self-sacrifice— when the church was unlovable. We always think, oh, he likes to give, put the other person first. Yeah, like, no, no, no. Yeah. Jesus died for our rebellion. That is what that's what Paul is saying. Hey, husbands, you have to completely die to yourself. Her needs first, her empowerment and her sanctification mm-hmm. are the desire and the passion and your primary ministry and your the pursuit of your life now. And the problem is, is a lot of folks will feel like if the woman begins pursuing, the man will never become that. Hmm. Now, I think that's a false assumption. Yeah. I think there is some wisdom in that, that at some point, right, ladies, if you're getting more serious, let's say, you know, you kind of started to kick the ball down the the hill and, and it started rolling and now y'all are in a serious relationship. Hmm. Um, And if, as you're getting more serious, uh, he's not putting you first and treating you with honor and your holiness and, and all those types of things, right? Like, you need to rethink this because that's For the sure. call of the marriage. Because, right, you also don't just walk down the aisle, say, I do, and then all of a sudden die to self and put your wife first. It, essentially, dating is a long tryout uh, mm-hmm. and, and a long job interview. Um, but I think the the fear comes from that side of okay, well if she starts, then will he ever actually do this? And I think that that's a it's a mm-hmm. fear based. But ladies, I do think it's something that that is does make sense to be aware of. And that being said, too, I'm a little bit old school, so. I come at this with a preference of, <laughs> I would rather, you know, every guy ask every girl out in person that they pay for everything until they get married and they just do a joint bank account. And, yeah. um, at the same time, I do realize I'm 35, it's 2018 and, you know, ladies shoot your shot, do your thing. Yeah.
0: So. No, I'm in the, in the same way, you know, and, uh, it's a little difficult to speak into since, you know, neither one of us have, you know, been pers- or- we're still pursuing our wives, but um, not in a dating relationship in, what, a decade or so, you know? Yeah. So we understand times change a little bit, but we also um, want to remember the the role of, the biblical role of of the husband and as of the Christian man. So i um, excited to hear more about that on Sunday. Yeah, so, fellas, get ready. Um, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be awesome. Um, all right, well, it looks like we got Time for one more question. Round? Ugh, lightning <laughs> round! Lightning round! Lightning round! Let's do it! Let's do it! <laughs> all right, let's do it. So, all right, quick thoughts on online dating. Hot take on online dating. Okay, this is unfiltered. I didn't prepare for this.
1: <laughs> online dating. I am so out of my league in this. I uh, here, here's my only thought about online dating. Um, if you're talking about a place where you can go and meet people in a digital space that have similar interests and aims, and you're preferences towards holiness that's great i'm so like uh, so this is i'm gonna sound super old so like christian mingle like right i don't I, I yeah E yeah. harmony i don't know i, I know you guys <laughs> like tinder and bumble and like there's like a long list of in fact we had a long conversation about some of that stuff but um <laughs> with somebody on our staff that's yeah here, but yeah, that was just don't. trying to help me understand what yeah. the heck is this um anyway so i would say um Basically, if you're looking to actually date and meet somebody to pursue, man, that's fantastic. If you're looking to hook up, and it's a and it's a stumbling block for you, and yeah. you could really go down easily, go down that. Now, thirty five, twenty eighteen, never been on an app like that in my life, and so yeah. this is this is a very uneducated statement. But I would just say holiness first, and if that's the case, then
0: yeah, well, if you know you stumble, if you struggle with lust, it's. Probably not the place for you to yeah, be. Yeah, you right. Know, you're an alcoholic. But, Don't go into the bar. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Be, be, pursue your holiness above anything else. Yep. Um, all right. Last look, quick question. Uh, One, it says some, but we're, it's lightning around. Okay. One practical way to keep Gen- Jesus at the center of your marriage.
1: All right. I'm gonna give you two. two. Okay. Okay. Number one, keep him at the center of your life. Hmm. He's not gonna be at the center of your marriage if he's not at the center of your life. It's just obvious yeah. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna force something that's not actually authentic to you um number two is really just have conversation like don't yeah. be afraid to share it's it's crazy it's it's really easy to get in the ebb and flow of life and not talk about what god's teaching you not pray together yeah not say what are you reading what's going you know just spiritual conversation right we all have friends if you're single we all have friends who we have been in this you know uh realm of, of maybe your your roommate, you're with him and you see him every day. You never talk about anything spiritual. Same thing can happen in marriage. So I'd say Jesus is the center of your life and then make sure there's spiritual conversation, communication. Yeah.
0: Great. Well, that's a wrap for today. Um, did want to, uh, there was some questions on divorce that we are going to, um, address next week on the podcast. Um, and, uh, we're looking forward to that. Didn't want you guys to think we were Uh, pushing that one to the side
1: yeah it's gonna be a fun one next week in fact this gosh sunday and next week's podcast we've got a lot of a lot of preparing to do and, and thinking through and praying so
0: yeah we're excited so um thank you guys again for listening um and we will see you on sunday have a great rest of your week